0: Welcome back to your weekly dose of shock therapy brought to you by the State Again Network. Tyler Lawrence and Zach Alfers here. I am stoked to get into some wide receivers today, man. How are you feeling?
1: Oh, it's it's a good day to be a Chargers fan. Good as any. Uh, and I'm just with you. Really excited to get into this wide receiver room because it is loaded.
0: It is loaded. And there's a lot of good players here and this camp battle, dude, is going to oh, yeah. be intense intense i don't i think one two and three are pretty much locked in but behind them anybody can can make it
1: yeah and it's a good it's a very good place to be it's a good problem to have it's only going to make us better um and it's going to be probably one of the more entertaining training in the camp battles to watch uh this summer
0: it is so today we're going to be going over uh Cynthia Freeland of the NFL Network talked about the Chargers' most underappreciated player. I want to talk about that in a little bit. Uh, we'll get into some OTA press conferences, and then we'll go over our wide receivers kind of at the top of the roster. Uh, not really going to get too much into some of the undrafted free agents, but it's going to be a good one. So Cynthia Freeland was actually talking about the uh, the Chargers most underappreciated player. And she named you Nawosu as the Chargers most underappreciated player. I think that is spot on. I think he's a player that just hasn't been given the opportunities. He's been sitting behind Melvin Ingram for a little while, and he's been very productive when he's been on the field, both as a pass rusher and as a run defender. So, uh, I wanted to get your thoughts on specifically who do you think is the Chargers most underappreciated player underappreciated.
1: Put me on the spot. Hmm. I, I think I really like that. No, pick, I think he is a guy, like you said, who hasn't been getting a whole lot of shots lately, but is going to has all the talent in the world. I can't wait for him to put it together. I'm going to go with our big boy up in the middle with Linville, Joseph. I think he's very very important to this defense cuz there's nobody other no one really quite like him on the roster. The big run stuffing guy and we were horrible at stopping the run these last couple of years. So I think I really like Linville Joseph. I think he's a little underappreciated and not really con- talked about when you talk about the top players uh, on this defense, but he is as pivotal up there at the front of that defense as as any any other player I think we have.
0: You know, he might be the most athletic 330 pound guy the guy runs sideline to sideline from the defensive tackle position he's not somebody that is known for being super athletic but for somebody his size dude he's he's all over the field
1: one of my favorite just one of my favorite nfl plays of all time is that just long touchdown interception he had in minnesota he picked it off and and ran it for back for like 90 yards that is such an entertaining play and nobody's just,
0: doing what he's doing at his no side. nobody a, and he was one of the the biggest under the radar signings that the chargers got in 2020 and last offseason and he played every snap for the chargers last season
1: Well, i B4. thought great player i think he wasn't appreciated a lot because the defense around him struggled. I think he's going to be a very important part of this defense this year. I think he's going to have a little bit of a resurgence towards the end of his career and he's going to prove why he is one of the better D tackles in the game right now.
0: My most underappreciated player is actually Michael Davis. So Michael Davis played Mm -hmm. like a CB one last year under the radar. He's one of the few players that was able to actually go step with step with Tyreek Hill in that first matchup where he, he was right on his hip he didn't he, he looked over for the ball and it just hit him like on the chest dude dude's really fast and I think he's going to be our CB1 next season I think he's going to to take that next leap he's only like 26 years old yeah but he, he's super fast he's very sticky in coverage and I think he's going to be more aggressive which fits his his style a little bit better he's not going to be just dropping in cover 3 in man, I, I really like him in man coverage, and, and the Chargers are going to be playing a lot of man coverage next season.
1: It's great to see. That is another one that was on my list, too. Th- those are hard. Those are all three underappreciated guys, and I think you could make an example, you know, an uh, uh, argument for another three, four other guys. But I think there's a lot, a lot of talent on this team, I think is my point.
0: Now, I want to switch gears a little bit. Who do you think is the Chargers' most overrated player?
1: Oh. That's tough. I'm going to go with uh Ryan Brian Balaga. Nothing against him.
0: He's a good player.
1: He's a good player, but I I I don't know. At this point in his career, I think we're a little we're valuing him a little too much. He's not going to be with the team for much longer. I don't see him as a as a long-term fit here. I mean, he's only going to be in the league, I think, for a couple more years. Um, he's
0: got 2 years left on his contract. And, you know, I don't necessarily know if he's going to to play after that two years, you know, especially playing. He's had a lot of injuries mm-hmm. uh, throughout his whole career. Even last season, he was having issues with it. You know, if he's healthy, he's, he's one of the better pass protectors, especially on that right side where he's been most of his career. I do see him a little bit as overvalued. He was somebody I was expecting to be a little overvalued on my side as well. Uh, I'm going to go with Mike Williams. I think Mike Williams is very, very good at what he does best, which is tracking the deep ball. I don't think he's as big of a threat in the red zone. He's He has one season with 10 touchdowns where he was wide receiver number three, playing back up to Tyrell Williams. He didn't really have the coverages coming over his way like they, they do now uh, on the in the deep part of the field. But, I mean, he's got one season of 1,000 yards receiving. He's never topped 50 receptions in a season. He has some injury issues. I think he's more available than what people give him credit for. He was a 7th overall pick and he hasn't lived up to expectations. He's a liability in route running. He especially like he runs a lot of out routes and a lot of just goes, but his out routes are they're, they're just waiting for a pick 6 to happen. He rounds them off. He he just doesn't have the ability to to really get any sort of separation i'll we'll talk more about him a little bit later in the podcast but mike williams is somebody i think that is overvalued by way too many fans just because of his highlight reels which are great yeah but they're I, highlight reels
1: that's he's a, he's a home run player and you know if he's an mlb he'd be hitting 50 home runs but he's going to be hitting 150
0: when he hits when he makes contact
1: it's going yeah and they're all going to be 500 foot bombs but um yeah, he is a home. He's a fireworker, nothing.
0: Moving over, this is the week two of OTAs. Uh, I had some key takeaways from the press conference of Joe Lombardi. Uh, some yeah, pretty key things there. I want to talk about. Uh, number one, he said that they're evaluating players, him and Brandon Staley and Darius Swinton. Players are going to be valued on. Do they know what they're supposed to do? Are they doing what they're supposed to do and just purely effort? Now. Three and two are a little hard to judge because these are walkthroughs. It's a lot harder to see, you know, the effort when you're just doing walkthroughs and it's a lot harder to see if the player is doing what he's supposed to be doing in walkthroughs. But number one is very easy to judge. Do the players know what they're supposed to be doing on the offensive side of the ball, on the defensive side of the ball. And it's going to be a very, very complex offense. The saints run a lot of different formations. Players are moving around from the X to the Z to the slot. Tight ends will be, you know, playing on the line of scrimmage. They'll be split out wide. They'll probably even get some snaps in the backfield, just depending on the formations. It's going to be a very, very complex offense. And while he says that players are picking things up, there's still a lot of learning to do. It's a whole new coaching staff. Nobody other than Jared Cook has ever played in this offense, really. Mm. So it'll be very interesting to see when training camp actually rolls around, when contact starts and when full speed starts coming to the game, whether or not these players, one, know what to do, and number two, are doing what they're supposed to do. Any thoughts on that?
1: Well, I kind of thought it was interesting about how they were making it into like that training camp game. Um, They were quizzing players. What do they call it? Kahoot. I I haven't heard of Kahoot, Kahoot. the the platform, but kind of what I took from it is they're quizzing the guys, making it fun and trying to bring the best out of what's probably viewed as a more of a tedious part of practice. But I just, I think everything that this coaching staff does is just so refreshing from the press conferences to the practices, just the difference between this Staley staff and the former staff is, is unbelievable to make something like the film study fun i I think it encourages competition and these guys are elite competitors so you want them to be competing in everything they do i just think it's awesome that you take these competitors and you put it in in a place like watching film and they're just quizzing each other on who knows the playbook the best i i love that i can't get enough of it
0: and i'm gonna go a little out of order here but darius swinton his his philosophy on accountability you know he he pays players for finding misspelled words in powerpoints right like that attention to detail where you know i'm gonna hold you accountable but i need you and i'm the coach i need you to hold me accountable as well it's fun little things because one it makes sure that the players are paying attention to the slides to the playbook to you know the different schemes and philosophies and everything that the coaching staff is teaching them but they're also making sure that they're being held accountable to do their job as well
1: well and i've been very very impressed with swinton in particular he's I think a
0: great he, communicator dude. yeah i love i loved his interview he, his, his press conference dude it's he's he's a great communicator i love the way he talks i love his just his demeanor
1: he has everything that you think you need in a developmental head coach i feel like he will be a head coach in this league someday and to have a guy that could be a head coach as our special teams coordinator is something i could never imagine three four years ago So just the fact that we are, you know, we are going to be good at special teams. That commitment is getting me excited.
0: Back to Joe Lombardi. Uh, The other thing he he was asked was what makes the offense that he's bringing to L.A. different than that of the Saints. His reply was that his offense is going to be a base of plays from the Saints offense, the 49ers offense, and the run game will include things from the Raiders and the Steelers. Saints had Joe Lombardi, of course. 49ers had Shane Day, who was the quarterback's coach there. But the Raiders, Frank Smith is over. He's the run game coordinator. And the Steelers have Sean Surratt, who is our assistant offensive line coach. And he's going to blend all those things. But number one, he's going to tailor it to the strengths of the players. That just shows that the this, this coaching staff understands that they have certain types of players. And, you know, they... There's only one Alvin Kamara, but Austin Eckler has some things that are very similar Mm -hmm. and that he's able to do. Mike Williams, the Saints haven't really had big 6'4 type receivers in their offense really ever, is that they're going to tailor this playbook to that of the strengths of their players.
1: Yeah, I think just hopping off of that, his comments on the X receiver, which Mike Williams will be playing, which Mike Thomas played over in New Orleans. And he was just saying the ball has a natural way of finding that X receiver in that offense. And he says just off of that, the ball is going to find Mike Williams and his production is going to go up because of it. I'm excited to see Mike Williams in that role as the X receiver because that's what he is.
0: He is. He's a true X receiver. He's not a. You know, he spent a lot of his snaps split out wide as he should because that's that's what he does. Right. He draws the one on one matchups and you want to throw those deep balls that 6'4 receiver who's made his name by just making incredible plays deep down the field in one-on-one coverages. And he should be seeing a lot more of that, especially when you get into the personnel groupings that Mm -hmm. uh, Joe Lombardi was talking about. So he said he's going to use personnel groupings as a weapon theory and philosophy. So it requires a well-built roster at skill positions. Obviously, the offensive line needs to be there to, to help with the protections. And if you look at the, the what he called premium receivers, which was Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, you've got Josh Palmer, you've got Tyrone Johnson and Jalen Guyton, who are your speed guys that are going to take the top off the defense. And then you look at the tight ends, you have Jared Cook and Donald Parham who are purely vertical threats. You have Trey McKitty, who's, who's an inline blocker predominantly. And then you've got a stable of running backs that are able to catch the ball out of the backfield. Austin Eckler, Justin Jackson, Joshua Kelly. And all of them are really good in the screen game, especially Eckler and Jackson.
1: That screen revitalization is something I'm also very excited about because, I don't know, there's something about the screen. Every time I see it set up, I'm like, okay, that's a big play waiting to happen. It doesn't always happen, but just getting them out there. It's big play potential every time. I love getting back to the screen game because I think, like you said, it plays to the strengths of our players.
0: Arjun Munan, who is part of the guiltiest charge podcast. He was talking about how drew Brees and the saints offense has been throwing uh, behind the line of scrimmage quite a bit. And they've been throwing, you know, short setting up screens. And that's a lot of what the charges did last season. I think we talked a little bit on the last podcast and that offense really is going to come back and it's, it's going to be different because of the personnel groupings, but there's going to be some similarities from what the Chargers ran last season, what they excelled at, which was that screen game. So there's a lot of different talent, a lot of different positions. I even forgot to bring up Gabe neighbors as, as one of the better utility backs when it comes to catching passes. Now as a a blocker, he has, he has a long ways to go there, but he's a very athletic fullback. Who's going to be used in, in different ways. He talked about how the defense has to keep up with the different personnel groupings as they're running on and off the field because mm-hmm. every player you're bringing in new guys the defense has to be able to communicate effectively which may be very hard when you're you're doing those personnel groupings with tempo right sure you're you're you know not waiting till you know 2 3 One, two, three seconds on the clock to go and snap the ball, which is something Phillip Rivers has done pretty much his whole career. You're bringing guys in and out very quickly and and snapping the ball with still 10 seconds left, forcing the defense to really have perfect communication on every play. And if they don't have it, it's just a big play waiting to happen. creates matchup issues, especially when you're lining up a, a linebacker because you didn't get your defensive personnel groupings in you're lining a linebacker on a guy like Keenan Allen which is just going to be terrible for that defense if, if that ends up happening and it will there will be matchups like that
1: well, and one of my biggest pet peeves as a fan is watching us burn a timeout because we're slow on subs there's nothing more frustrating than to me than that penalties and sub and forced to blow a timeout before mm-hmm. we need to it just rubs me the wrong way that is something that Lynn was horrible at managing the clock, getting people on and off the field it is not something I am even remotely worried about with Staley leading the charge.
0: You know, and the other thing I was talking about a little bit was it also forces the defense into certain personnel groupings to create yeah. the matchup issues. So if you, you know, you want them to be in, you know, dime, you want them to be in nickel. You can force that with your personnel groupings. And because the Chargers are going to have so many different combinations there it's it's going to create headaches and issues which is why the Saints offense has been so consistently good for so many years
1: forever I they are consistently elite 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 numbers and I guess you have Drew Brees leading it. it it makes sense but it's not all Drew Brees it a lot of it has to do with Lombardi and the scheme that they implement and they implement it so well execute it to perfection
0: that's really all I had to take away from the Joe Lombardi interview. We talked a little bit about Darius Swinton and then the other one I kind of want to get into a little bit was the interview with canine Kenneth Murray. And he was talking in a ways that was like, <laughs> he really did not like Gus Bradley's defense and how he was utilized. And he took a, one of the things I took away is that he's going to be blitzing a lot more. He's going to be playing aggressive and downhill which was, you know, things that he excelled at at Oklahoma. That was, that was his, you know, bread and butter. That's what he did. He played near the line of scrimmage, he played free, mm-hmm. and he was just let loose. And you could tell he just, he did not like playing in Gus Bradley's defense, dropping in coverage every play.
1: No. And well, and we talk about it almost every podcast, I think. Staley is going to put, He's going to play to the strength of his players. He's going to put people in the right position to win one-on-one matchups. Murray, with Tranquil going down last year, was asked to play a lot more coverage than he was normally used to. I think he definitely improved as the, as the season went on, but like you said, it's not really his game. Getting Tranquil back, I think, is huge for not only this defense, but Murray in particular, because we're going to be blitzing him. We're going to be playing him as downhill, and I think most importantly, as that QB spy, to really – take all of his athleticism and put it to use because he has insane range being able to patrol the field from absolutely
0: insane, man. He is so athletic and you know, some of his most highlight like biggest highlight plays from college was when he was running sideline to sideline and he was just pulling guys down from behind and like weird, awkward and just lays out. And I just, I love his style of play and I hate that we didn't get to see it last year Mm -hmm. because he was forced into coverage.
1: Yeah, which that is incre- his
0: strength, and no. he struggled in coverage. He did, he did. So, I uh, he's also said that he feels healthy. He did have off season surgery on his shoulder from uh, an issue he's been having since college, and he feels like he's 100% ready to go. Um, I'm, I'm excited to see him out there. He's not fully cleared for, for contact or anything like that, which is fine because we still have you know another month. And a half before we we even get into contact uh usually around mid-july is when that happens so he's feeling good he's feeling healthy and i'm excited to see him ball out
1: yeah with the new jersey too it's with gonna the canine
0: dude with the nine jersey i'm excited to see him back to his his old ways
1: yeah I, and i like how what he said about i didn't really know about that story at oklahoma either i thought he would i thought he was wearing nine throughout his high school career but i guess they gave him nine at at oklahoma as a freshman and the nickname kind of stuck and he he said i thought it was interesting he says uh nine chose me i didn't choose nine yeah all right well well we got a hell of a one this year on our favorite team so
0: is your Balaga getting a little bushy are you trying to catch a feeler but your girl she's like no osu Look, I'm telling you, you need to shave your ball hair. Father's Day is just around the corner, and you probably need to get a gift for your hairy daddy. Make your dad proud this year and get him and yourself the Manscaped Lawnmower 4.0. You heard it right, the Lawnmower 4.0. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code again at manscaped.com. Manscaped is the only men's brand dedicated to below the below-the-waist grooming and they just launched their lawnmower 4.0. Imagine surprising your dad with a sleek, well designed, optimized body hair trimmer that says, Your balls will thank you on the box. Their fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin technology. You might ask, how is the lawnmower 4.0 different than other trimmers? For one, you don't use it on your face. Well, this upgraded trimmer, it includes a multi-function on and off switch that can engage a travel lock. So when you're on the go, you don't have to worry about it accidentally turning on and you running out of battery. It also gives you the ability to turn the 400K LED spotlight on and off when you need a more precise shave. You can now shave your balls in the dark if you're into that kind of thing. (laughs) The new wireless charging system uses electromagnetic induction, which can help battery length last longer. Yeah, you heard it right. Wireless charging, ball trimmers. It's a real thing. Have you ever seen a nose bush sticking out of your dad's nose? I have. (laughs) Well, the Weed Whacker nose and ear hair trimmer is the best nose hair trimmer on the market. It's the perfect gift for your pop. They also have other amazing products like cologne, crop mop, ball wipes, Crop Reviver Ball Toner. Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant. Basically anything you need to make your wiener smell good. For all the females listening, you'll appreciate this part. Manscaped products are cruelty-free, paraben-free, dye-free. They're vegan. They're non-GMO. All the different things that she's looking at.
1: Ready for game action.
0: Just ready for game action. Get your dad a gift that you know he will use. Use Manscaped. Go to manscaped.com, use code, say it again. You'll get 20% off, free shipping, and this is no gag gift. This is a gift that he's going to use over and over again for years to come.
1: Listen, Manscaped, they're changing the balls game. You got to get on, tied on the championship side. We're going to leave you if you don't get on board. So come on, join the championship team over here at Manscaped. It's worth it.
0: On the receivers. As I was saying before, three guys at the top who are just guaranteed to make the roster. Anyone behind them, it's gonna be it's gonna be competition. Number one, we have a star, Keenan Allen. In your opinion, where does Keenan Allen rank among the top NFL wide receivers?
1: Top to me, it is Devontae Adams, Devonte Adams, uh, Stephon Diggs, and then for me, right after him is Keenan Allen. He's the most. I can't stress it enough, the best route runner in the game today. And I, he slept on every single year by league analyst. For him to be the 77th best player in the league is a travesty. He is way better than that. He is elite. Check the numbers. Check him, his numbers on third down. Check how many 1,000-yard seasons he's had. He is amazing. He slept on every year. I don't get it. I think the talent speaks for itself, but I'm a biased Chargers fan. I'm
0: a biased Chargers fan, but if I take some biased out, I say he ranks somewhere between, I would say seven and 12 among all wide receivers in the league. He is very, very good at route running, right? That's, that's his bread and butter. That's where, why he gets so many targets. Cause he's always open. And if you take that alone, and you 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 compare it to other wide receivers in the game. I look at a guy like Devontae Adams, who's very similar, very good route runner, but he's got something else. He's got some speed, right? He's, he's got, got
1: the next level of athleticism. It's he's got perfect. the
0: next level of athleticism. I put in Stephon Diggs in front of him. Very similar. Very good route runner, but he's 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 got more tools. DeAndre Hopkins, you know, he one of the best, you know, one-on-one, go get it types of receivers out in the nfl the
1: fact that he's that tall and that fast is not fair yeah and and his hands are just super sticky
0: super sticky very good at getting off press and he doesn't get off press by shaking you gets off press by going through you one of the strongest hands in the game not just catching the ball but just you know being toolsy and just slapping hands out of his way i put tyreek hill in front of him and i know i'm gonna take a lot of slack for that but you know tyreek hill has game-changing speed.
1: Nobody
0: nobody has that. And he's got the route running on top of that. He plays big. I put Julio Jones in front of Keenan. Julio is just one of those guys that's just, he's a unicorn. He's it's, able to do things that nobody else is able to do. Jones, we'll and Julio, into,
1: Julio will go down as one of the all-time greats. So I, will. I, I
0: Yeah. You know, and we'll talk about Julio a little bit later because Chargers could potentially trade for him and then the next guy who's who's the next julio jones is dk metcalf he's only getting better year after year he's you know under 25 years old and he's still improving and the things that he was able to do last season and if you take that and you project it to next season i think he's a better receiver next season and then this is the area that i put Keenan Allen. And I'm not saying he's better or worse. He's in this tier, right? That's my tier one. I've got Keenan Allen is tier two. Justin Jefferson, what he was able to do as a rookie, you take that, you project it forward. He's an incredible talent. The fact that he fell as far as he did, and he was able to do the things he was able to do is incredible. Calvin Ridley, he's now taking that next step into that wide receiver one, yeah. Slot, he's he's the guy and he destroyed the Chargers last season. Oh yeah. He did. He had a huge game. Next, I look at AJ Brown, Allen Robinson, mm-hmm. uh Kenny Galladay. And I'm not like I was saying, he he fits in that tier, Keenan Allen, because his route running is that special and he's actually really good run after the catch. Mm-hmm. He fits somewhere in that seven, eight, nine, ten range. He's a top 10 player. He's not a top five, not anymore, but he has the ability to still just take over a game. And, you know, he's, he's always available, especially the last few seasons. Yeah. You know, I, I really like Keenan Allen as our wide receiver. One, and I think he's going to go down as one of the charger greats.
1: I did too. And I also really think he played a really big part in Herbert's development. Obviously Herbert was amazing talent there's a part two on the receiving end of that. And a lot of it came from Allen. to be able to have a security blanket like Allen, who could just create separation on any route at any given time, I think was really big to developing Herbert and how far and how fast he was able to be just a rookie quarterback to game one. He was on fire. So I think that was a really big part because you, you saw he was always looking for Allen, and why not 60 always point. open. He's always you know what's
0: open. really incredible about Keenan Allen's route running ability? It's not quickness; it's body language. He uses body language of himself and the defender to to fake out defenders, and he's just he's just a technician in in his tools. He's he's quick, but mm-hmm. it's not like Tyreek Hill quickness. It's literally using the the opponent's momentum against him to go and create that that space and that separation he understands coverages he understands how to find the hole in the Mm -hmm. zone and he's very very good off the line of scrimmage he it's it's incredible that a guy that is not fast that isn't you know Tyreek Hill fast in space but just understands understands how to get in and out and around players and just make them look silly
1: he puts DBs in the blender every single snap. And another guy who was not very fast ran a four seven forty, Jerry Rice. You may have heard of him, only the greatest route runner of all time. Very similar game. Not greatest wide run... receiver
0: of all time. Thank hands you. Hands down. In Thank a way you. that nobody else can ever compare to.
1: Ever. Well, and and I think the most similar comparison in the game today is Keenan Allen. Not going to run by you, but he is going to run around you and then back around you again and then around you again, and then he's going to complete the pass and take it for 20 yards.
2: Four straight seasons with 100 completions. Sheath underwear makes the most comfortable boxer briefs I've ever worn. If you're sick of boxers that are too loose or briefs that are too tight, Sheath is for you. The most comfortable boxer briefs you'll ever put on your body. You see, their stretchy fabric is made out of a moisture wicking technology. They're super soft, keep everything cool and comfortable, and right in place. Sheath is particularly useful for staying cool while working out. Promo code IHEART for 20% off your order. Sheathunderwear.com. Promo code IHEART.
0: He averages like over these last four years, like 130, 140, 150 targets. It's incredible what he's able to do. And, and it's the reason he gets so many targets.
1: Well, and I was I just took a look at his numbers. 68.3% catch career catch percentage. 8.1 targets per game. And last year, just eight yards shy of his fourth 1,000-yard season in a row. In two less games. Right. And if Lynn didn't decide week 14 that he wants to establish the run, he would have got it easily.
0: So where Keenan Allen has regressed a little bit is his yards per reception. Last season, he averaged 9.9. This isn't because this is how he was utilized, right? Sure. Most of his passes were behind the line of scrimmage. Of his 139 targets last season, 100 of them fell short of 10 yards. That's a lot of targets that are not going deep. And I understand it to a degree that is how he is best utilized because his ability to create space and and, and create separation in short space is what makes him truly special. He had so many screens. He had so many passes behind the line of scrimmage. But he also ranked seventh in first downs without Mm. running deep, without doing that. And part of that's because he's one of the safest targets on third down. It's just the way he was utilized. He could have easily passed 1,100 yards if the Chargers would have put him more on posts or corners or things like that. But his ability behind the first down marker is what really makes him special.
1: Well, back to Lombardi and and implementing a lot more of the Saints offense, another part of that OTA takeaways I was taking was Lombardi saying that Keenan Allen is going to have a lot more freedom in this offense, meaning it's not going to be you're going to run an out and that's it, maybe. Option routes. Option routes, and that is going to be crazy for Allen because, like we said, he's great at running routes. Now you have three possibilities every play that it's going to be elite. I can't wait to see that in action.
0: It'll be interesting to see how he and Herbert, because Herbert's going to have to learn option routes and understand, you know, because you have to have that communication back and forth where you're looking at the coverage and the wide receiver and the quarterback both know what his option is going to be.
1: Right. Based off
0: of the alignment of the defense and what they're seeing, because it'll be something like, you know, cover three, you're doing this cover two, you're doing this cover One man, whatever that is, right? You're doing this and they have to be on the same page or you're going to have things like Herbert's going to be throwing a slant where it's out of his hands and and he's not there. He's running it out. So you have to have that communication back and forth.
1: Yeah, well, and it just kind of reminds me of, you know, the Hall of Fame Communication we had between Rivers and Gates; those guys were always on the same page. And for this offense to execute like we want it to, there, Herbert and Allen are going to have to be on the similar uh, wavelength.
0: Our wide receiver number two is going to be Mike Williams. Uh, I already said it a little bit earlier. I'm I'm not quite as high on Mike Williams. I haven't been for a little while because I I think while he's very good at tracking the deep ball, he's a liability as a route runner. Next gen stats, he ranked fourth lowest and separation with just 2.1 yards. That is terrible. On the flip side of that, Mike Williams was very good at contested catches on the deep ball, not in the red zone. He has, he has issues in the red zone, but he's, he's got strong hands. He's a big target. He's got long arms. He can track the ball. He's got the ability to, to really reach out and stretch to, to get, ball it's it's incredible he's a very long lengthy strong 6'4 225 pound receiver he's big man
1: I, I'm happy I'm happy that we get Mike Williams back especially after all of the offseason is he going to stay or are we going to cut him I like him back because I, I like him here and I think he's going to have a big year now I had a question for you since it is his contract year would you rather him? Have a breakout year and sign a big deal next year, or somewhere else next season, or have a mediocre year, kind of struggle, and have the option to re-sign him.
0: Honestly, I I think I'd let her, rather let him walk because I'm I'm not high on his tools. He's a he's he's a role player. He's he's a very good role player at what he does and what he's able to do is tops of the league. His ability to track those deep balls is incredible. But if you look at If you look at his total yards, he had 756 yards, 481 of them, 65% of his total yardage came outside the numbers. Then you look at his deep targets, eight of his 25 targets that went deep were actually caught, just eight deep passes all season. And that's what you're paying him for, eight Mm -hmm. catches for what he's really good at and All eight of those were all highlight reels. All of them. Yeah. But 25 targets out there. I think, I think you're better off sending those targets to a guy who's able to get behind the defense, not contested grabs. Now he, he is very good at those contested grabs. He had 14 catches on 27 contested catches. So 14 contested catches thrown to 27 contested targets we caught that's just about 50%. He's a 50-50 ball guy. He's not an 80-20. He's mm. not a, you know, 60-40. He's a 50-50 guy.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I'm on I'm in the same camp. I want him to have a huge explosive year because I would love I'm, to see him
0: get paid next season. I just don't want it, it to be here.
1: Well, that's the thing. I think regardless of what happens, I don't think we bring him back. Even if he struggles, even I if he we have a great season. His replacement that's my point we drafted josh palmer for a reason very very similar skill set and i am a huge mike will fan and i want him to ball out this year because i think this is the last season he's going to don the powder blue
0: okay i like the player i like the highlight reels i don't he, like the skill set is what it comes down he's to. exciting
1: he's very exciting but for what you're paying him he's one dimensional and at this point a little bit expendable with all the depth we have surrounding him
0: i it's, i agree
1: it's sad to say because I am a fan of the person. Of yeah, the I'm highlights. totally
0: a fan of Mac, Mike Williams. But you're paying him fifteen million dollars this year, and and you're really hoping that he's going to take that step forward. But he's not Julio Jones. His biggest weakness is an Im- wide receiver's most important trait: route running. It's the most important trait of any wide receiver getting separation, and for a player who. Joe Lombardi said is is one of your top guys in the league that weakness really really drags him down a lot not being able to get separation as a wide receiver is like not being able to throw the ball accurately as a quarterback. Yeah. I, you might be able to th- to throw it 80 90 yards, but if you can't throw it with precision, you're not going you're you're expendable. Mike yeah. Williams is very good at tracking the deep ball. The other thing about him is he's not a good red zone threat,
1: so, which is surprising.
0: And you know, I don't, I don't know if it's ball placement. Yes, he had ten touchdowns in two thousand eighteen. He also wasn't getting the coverages to his side. He was the third best receiver on that offense, unable to really be utilized in in the role that he's supposed to excel at as a red zone threat.
1: Yeah, and They threw him the-
0: fades. They gave him opportunities. He didn't come down sure. with them. Yeah. And it's from, because he can't get the separation to come down with it their contested grabs are 50 50 balls
1: yeah from a business side of things i think it's a very easy option to let him to let him walk this season but i'm hoping that he makes it really I, I hope he makes it difficult with an outstanding year with a huge development in his route running that's what i'm hoping for because well because i want a good i want to i want a great season this year
0: i want a great season too and you know i really hope he gets his paycheck next season I hope it's somewhere else because I think our next guy Josh Palmer is going to dethrone him high hopes for Josh Palmer because I think he's better at the things that Mike Williams it lacks and he has the ability to to track that deep ball his ability to create separation at the top of the route is truly special he's an angry angry route runner we've talked about he's got strong hands and I think he's going to surprise a lot of people this year
1: I like him. I really do. And credit to the Chargers for even having Josh Palmer on their draft day radar with his very, let's say, unimpressive stat line at Tennessee. You know, we've talked about it before. The lack of production, I don't think, has anything to do with him, but everything to do with the lack of talent surrounding him. He didn't have anybody to throw him the ball, but when he did get the ball, there were some highlights in there. He's a big, strong possession receiver, excels in the contested catch, and that is why he is the mike williams in, in making in training
0: he is he's he doesn't have the height but he's got the long arms and he's got some of the similar traits his ability to come down with 50 50 balls against guys like uh patrick sertain against jc horn his ability to play well against elite players is what drew yeah. interest to him in the first place
1: and i'm excited to see him getting out there leading the way for our running backs as a stock blocker out there on the He's an
0: aggressive guy.
1: He's a big dude. Yeah.
0: You know, Um, the other thing I took away from Joe Lombardi's press conference is that he's a hardworking guy. He's staying after practice. He's putting in all the extra work. He talks up in, in, in uh, a film study, you know, he's, he's going to be a pros pro and he's got the right mindset and he's a locker room guy. And I'm, I'm just stoked to see him see what he's able to do next season.
1: Yeah. Well, and I'm, I don't remember where, what pick necessarily Allen was taken, but I want to say in the seventies as well. I know he was a third round pick.
0: Yeah. He was like a mid third round pick.
1: Yeah. So
0: it was the up. year. I want to say it was the year after Denario Alexander had that thousand yard receiving. I think it was a year after cause he tore his ACL um, and, and Allen was injured and he, he had like a slow pro day because he was still injured and he was, he's he's not the fastest guy anyways, and, you know, he just fell to the third round somehow, some way, because he had a terrific career at Cal, and I, I see a lot of the similarities just value-wise coming from Josh Palmer.
1: Yeah, I when I was great in the draft, I kind of labeled Palmer as our X factor. We know we know what we're getting with our first two picks. Elite, elite, yeah. I he think he's really going to be boom. huge. Moving our down wide the list.
0: receiver four is currently Jalen Guyton, just based off the depth chart or last season. I'm not high on Jalen Guyton. I think he's just way too many drops. He's fast. He's able to create separation. His ability to come down with contested catches, almost non-existent. And and even when they're not contested catches, he's a hit-the-hands-tip-and-catch type of guy. You saw his first touchdown. Uh, Justin Herbert's first touchdown in the corner of the end zone he almost dropped that ball you know he had a 17.6 percent drop rate on every target like I saw that take all of that is unbelievably bad 52 targets 17.6 of them went for drops
1: well and that's the that is the glaring thing five drops last season I couldn't find how that that has to be up there, and especially if you look at how many times he was targeted—just
0: fifty-two L- times. There are guys that were targeted double. Keenan Allen was targeted double and had less than half.
1: Now I think Guyton is very, very lucky to have such a new a new coaching staff that is so very detail detail oriented, and I think be able to put a, a good training camp. Temp- Good training camp together for Guyton could help limit those drops, but it's it's going to be all him. The talent's there, the speed is there, but we're not going to throw you the ball if you can't catch it. You know Rece- he was
0: two for nine on contested catches.
1: Pest catchers need to catch the ball.
0: He's he's just a fast dude. Well, but that's just the can't thing.
1: Catch if he can't catch, his speed is a little replaceable. Almost identical forty time to our wide receiver five
0: which I want to talk about in just a sec. I'm going to make a quick prediction here though. Okay. I don't think Jalen Guyton makes the roster next season. Whoa. I think he is going to be replaced. Okay. And part of the reason is because Tyrone Johnson is a better wide receiver in my mind, based off of the sample size that I saw on the field last season. Mm -hmm. I am stoked about Tyrone Johnson He's one of my sleeper guys. He may be that wide receiver three. He's able to blow by a little bit of the, the traits that um, Josh Palmer has. Yeah, he's, he's got more experience.
1: In, he's definitely in the running for sure.
0: Because when I look at Josh Palmer, I look at Keenan Allen, I look at Mike Williams, I see Mike Williams and Josh Palmer. You know, maybe if, if you're putting the depth chart together, he sits behind Mike Williams, and then you're looking for that speed, sir. So it really just depends on, you know, what they have out on the field and what package that they have. I see Josh Palmer as the guy, not Josh Palmer. I see Tyrone Johnson as the guy taking the top off the defense.
1: Yeah, I'm, a, I'm there with you because just like Guyton, he's extremely fast unlike Guyton he didn't have a single drop last season
0: not a single drop in 26 targets
1: now the sample size is about half but I I think this competition like I said is a good problem to have with Guyton's inconsistencies and Johnson just lack of playing time I, I don't know that we have that established wide receiver three but we got I think three guys vying for it I don't I don't think Guyton's quite out of the running. I think he could st- I think with some attention to detail he can drop those drops.
0: When I look at the camp battle, I I see them alone in their own camp battle. They're the same wide receiver. Yeah, that's fair. And it's it's them against each other because I think whoever that wide receiver five and if they carry six, I see Guy, Guyton making it. It really just depends on their 53 man roster if they carry five wide receivers or they carry six in the past the chargers that carried six different coaching staff so it doesn't really matter but ultimately i think there's one there's room for one speedster on the team and it's going to be one of them
1: all right well and if, if that's the case i agree with you i think johnson has i think johnson's a little better just has a little more to develop
0: you know, he's got a different swagger about him too. Yeah. You know, like his like when he went up and he caught that Hail Mary at the end of the, I want to say it was a Raiders game, you know, where he mossed, you know, three people to grab that and, and almost oh, fell yeah. into the end zone. Dude, that's where he he really got put on my radar. There was another game late in the season where they were, you know, playing a close game. And he caught a pass that was like 30 yards and went out of bounds and it set them up into field goal position to, to win the game at the end of the season. Um, dude, he, he he didn't bobble any balls like every catch right. was like a hands catch. Dude, he's he's a phenomenal talent. Um, he's a he's a UDFA and he's he, I'm really high on him. dude. I'm just really high on him. What are your thoughts on the Joe Reed KJ Hill battle, though?
1: I'm glad you brought them up together because I group them together because we both drafted them last season, but we don't really know what either can do. Very limited roles. I think Reed has a lot more potential as the kick returner, the talent as a ball carrier with the jet sweeps and stuff like that. But I expect both to be special team contributors, Joe Reed more in particular. But for me, I think KJ Hill is my, my leading receiver to get dropped Ooh, from this roster
0: i'm there with you i, I, don't, I, just I think don't he's going to be a practice squad guy next season
1: i think so too um i'm not ready to get rid of him because what he did in college is super super impressive let's not let's not sleep on that um ohio
0: state has a lot of great wide receivers that yes. have come through and if you're a if you're playing at ohio state you're super talented if anyways. you no,
1: if you have and if you have a record at ohio state you are beast i don't care what i don't care. Any. Yeah. You can't argue with me on that.
0: one. Michael Thomas has played there. Who's, you know, it's, it's just a hell
1: of a program. All right. It's a hell of a and program it has been for my <laughs> thing forever. I think the thing is, I think he has a couple years to develop into a receiver who's going to see the NFL football field. I, but I like him. I think he's a, a practice squad stash away because I think there is some more talent to develop, but I just haven't seen it yet.
0: When I look at, K.J. Hill, I'm putting him on the practice squad because I know that I need a slot route runner in the event Keenan Allen was to get hurt. You you have to have that guy on the inside who's able to do that. Joe Reed is not a route runner. That's why he was left out yeah. of the game day roster, really. for you didn't much really of the play. Season. When you look at both of them, both of them have some special teams ability. K.J. Hill as the punt returner, Joe Reed as the kick returner. I need I want to see Joe Reed return punts. I, I have to see it this year because you can't just be a kick returner, especially when you're not getting those opportunities because they're being kicked out of the end zone.
1: Well, and what do you how do you see him used as maybe a gunner on punt or kick coverage?
0: Our cornerback room, which is typically the position that takes that, we don't really have any burners like that. Uh, Joe Reed, he he's a four-four guy. Um He has the ability to get down there in a hurry. He's strong. He's a thick dude. I like him as a gunner. I do. I just, I haven't seen him do it though, is the issue.
1: Yeah. And that's my, those are my problems with both of those guys. I don't know what they could do.
0: And, you know, I, I really like Joe Reed's college tape from, uh, his hands are just strong, dude. He's, he's able to come down with contested catches, but he had to because his route running is atrocious.
1: Mm -hmm. No, but. Very bad, but a gadget player, all the all the tools to be a gadget player, and in a deep in an offense like we're, the one we're going to run with all these different personnel groups, keeping people off balance. I really, really want a player like Joe Reed with his skill set, I, and I think he will fit with what we're going to try to do this season.
0: So when I, I compare the two, I agree. KJ Hill is probably going to be left off the starting roster, the, the fifty-three man roster. He's a small guy. He's not fast. He's he's just purely a route runner, and he's limited to that role. And he can be a punt returner. He can be a kick returner, but don't expect any large returns or anything like that. He only muffed one punt last season. Honestly, though, I don't necessarily think either of them make it because in my personal opinion, the position, the style of player that this receiving core is missing is something that Austin Prohl I think is going to excel at. Now, Austin Prohl, he's a small guy. He's 5'10", 185 pounds maybe, but he can be a little bit of a burner. And I think he's a guy that can take those jet sweeps. He can take those uh, bubble screens. He's a, he's a guy that can take that route running ability. He's been bumped around since 2018 from practice squad, to practice squad, practice squad. He's the son of Ricky Prohl, who won two Super Bowls with the Rams and one with the Colts. Uh, and he had like a 17 year career. I think this is the year that he steps forward and it, it's really a do or die season for him because it he is. doesn't make this roster. He's He's been in the league for a few years. He's no longer going to be able to to play on uh, practice squads. He hasn't even made practice squads. I have s- seen his Instagram page. Dude's always working out. You know, I, I think this is a do or die year for him. And I think there's a reason he was brought in considering he has familiarity with Brandon Staley from his time at uh training camp last season. He's one of those guys that nobody really knows too much about, mm. but I think he's dangerous. I saw him in the XFL. He's a good route runner and he's got that short area quickness. He's going to be the, you know, micole Hardeman type of player, uh, a broke man's so Nicole, Nicole, Hardiman. And, I think this is that type of player that you're missing in this Chargers offense. It's not always about the best players. It's about the right players, and I think this is that key type of wide receiver that the Chargers really haven't had since, I don't know, Eddie Royal.
1: I'm going to just have to take the opposite approach. Um, I don't really expect a whole lot from Pro at all.
0: No, he's going to be my wide receiver five, wide receiver six. What? He's going to be a, a, you know... Fifteen targets max.
1: Now, I, I think it is interesting that you say that he is he has a different skill set, and I think that is interesting because to me, we have a lot of repetition on the roster at the wide receiver: Mike Williams, Josh Palmer, uh, Joe Reed, KJ Hill, uh, Tyron Johnson, Jalen Guyton. So, for that reason, I think you onto something. He is a different type of skill that we would like. And it would complement the rest of the guys on the roster, but because he's just been bouncing around from practice squad to practice squad, never appeared in the game. I feel like we're going to take another year to develop the J- Joe Reed, the KJ Hill over taking on another project. And to me, that's what Prol is—is he's another project,
0: right? Like I said, I'm not super high. on I don't think this guy's going to come in and have a thousand yard season. I just look at the wide receiver room, and and I really thought Elijah Stove hmm. from. I want to say Virginia. Uh, no, he's Syracuse. Maybe it was Syracuse, but he's not on the roster. Uh, he was one of their UDFAs and for whatever reason, they they bounced him. I just look at the wide receiver room. I look at the skill sets of all the Auburn. players. Auburn. I look at the wide receiver room. I look at the skill sets of the guys that are there and nobody has a skill set that this guy, this kid does. Also, the main reason I think that he makes the roster is we don't have a competent punt returner Mm. and this guy has done it and he he fits the mold that small guy that's able to get that short area quickness hit a seam and just go and you know this team needs a punt returner and I don't see a viable option anywhere on the roster and I think he for that specific reason makes it like I said It's not the best 53. It's the right 53.
1: I like that. I like that.
0: But there's one thing, one last thing that kind of gets in the way of that. His name's Julio Jones. Is Julio Jones going to be a Charger?
1: The right answer is no. But the right answer is no. He's not coming. Ouch. He's not going to be. He's not going to be playing in Los Angeles now what that means said let's just fantasize about how amazing it would be to have i'm you. dreaming bro it would be insane and i think you that text you sent me summed it up best you just go through and talk about what defenses would try have to do if we had mike williams uh julio jones and keenan allen i think you did it best so go through that
0: what did i see in my text message man?
1: oh i i have it i'll pull it up <laughs>
0: All right, tell me, tell me what I said. Give me you, my own words
1: of wisdom. You painted the picture, and I was in a orthodontist meeting. Just like my palm started sweating, and I was like, "Oh yeah." You said with Allen Williams and Julio, you're getting a bunch of one-on-one coverages. They play quarters. Allen eats. They go cover two. You're getting deep shots outside to Williams, Julio, or one of the speedsters. They go cover two man. You've got dumps off, dump offs to Eckler and Jackson. Cover three. You got Julio in the intermediate part of the field and seams. Basically, every one of your wide receivers is over 6'2". Many, many matchup problems. From the mouth of T-Law.
0: You know, but it's true, though. If you look at all of the things, all of the problems that defense would have to match up with, it's the same exact problems that teams are dealing with with the Buccaneers. You have too many guys, and you you can't play man. You can't play any different zone to take him away. There's nothing you can do to stop that type of attack. Nothing. I can't think of anything you can do to slow that down.
1: You you, maybe you need 16 guys, but at 12, it's already a penalty. So it's not going to work.
0: Yeah, I just guys, you can't, you can't do it. There's too many different options and there's no way to slow that down. When you've got arm like Justin Herbert, just going everywhere.
1: I am on the side of I am going to be animate that Julio Jones is not coming because I believe that I am a very influential Jinx-er. <laughs> That is my. That is why I've come over to the point. It's a win-now
0: move. Oh, yeah. Well, when I look I, at it, though, when you have the ability to go get a player that has just the production, the professionalism. You're you getting can, a Hall of can, Famer. When you can get a star like that, it makes everybody better, and it's a win-now move. And I think that this roster, I don't know about the coaching staff yet. I don't know about the playbook yet. But when I look at the roster, you have a Super Bowl roster, injuries aside, that can really compete and do something special. You have that roster. Now, can you bring Julio in? Can you get the coaching staff together, which it seems like we're doing pretty well early on? Yes, I'm all for it. Let's go get Julio Jones. Let's make it a reality and let's go win a Super Bowl.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, and I, if they make that move, if they make that move, I think it just shows TT, the coaches staff, they believe that they can win a Super Bowl this year. So that. Just that point would, before any games are played, the confidence in that team would be very, very exciting. I want it. I want it to happen.
0: Let's go, no. Tom. I know you're listening. <laughs> go sign Julio Jones. Bring him to town. Let's go. Let's go win a ship.
1: Come on, gangster Tom. We need it.
0: We go into the ship. What we go, we go into, into the, the ship. What I love that <laughs> movie. Should we go to the ship, right? Yeah, we could. Man,
2: we going to the ship.
0: we going to the ship. Huh? We're going to the ship. Huh? We're going to the ship. Huh? We're going, huh? we going
2: to the ship. Sheath underwear makes the most comfortable boxer brace I've ever worn. If you're sick of boxers that are too loose or briefs that are too tight, Sheath is for you. The most comfortable boxer briefs you'll ever put on your body. You see, their stretchy fabric is made out of a moisture wicking technology. They're super soft, keep everything cool and comfortable, and right in place. Sheath is particularly useful for staying cool while working out. Promo code IHEART for 20% off your order. Sheathunderwear.com. Promo code IHEART. When you're craving Church's three piece classic, there's no other option. Two crispy legs, a thigh, and a warm honey butter biscuit are the only way. And that's why we call it a classic. Church's Texas Chicken. Tap the banner to find your nearest location. Offer valid at participating locations.